0: explosion stunned Hell's Kitchen earlier tonight. You think Fisk had something to do with this? I do. What are we supposed to do against somebody that owns everything? Everyone?
1: You can't give in to the fear. Two, two, three. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been too long since my it would be easier if you tell me what you've done. I'm not seeking forgiveness for what I've done for. I'm asking forgiveness for what I'm about to do.
2: Start giving. Well, welcome to, a, I guess it would be a five minute freak in the uh, official category, you know, slot in Two True Freaks, but we're going to Put gonna it be, in the slot. Yeah, which is never five minutes, of course. Um, but we're going to be <laughs> are talking... You, a
0: superhero? Five minutes?
2: <laughs> I wish. Hmm. <laughs> if I could get five minutes, I'd feel like a superhero, but I'm uh, yeah. I
3: got the opposite problem. It takes too long. <laughs> All right, well, we've yeah. already started <laughs> are this at? out a little blue. No, a red. It's Daredevil. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, we're going to be talking about the new Netflix series uh, Daredevil. Yeah, just uh, just started uh, Started April 10th, and for me, uh, ended April 11th. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: because, uh, you know, uh, double-edged sword, I don't know, I haven't really decided on whether it's a good thing to have everything at your beck and call at once or not. Um, I'm not a big fan of waiting a week for my next episode, but man, that's uh, some definite sleep uh, deficits that I've built up watching this thing. (laughs) I
0: I binge watched all weekend long.
2: I didn't quite go 13 hours. I went about the first seven or eight episodes and then the last five.
3: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, my office was closed the day it dropped, so I was like, well, jackpot for me. Yeah,
0: nice.
2: I actually rejoined Netflix for it, and we'll, we'll get into that a little later about just the business model of this. Because, I mean, just to give a little background of someone who may have been living under a rock or doesn't know Marvel's uh, wheelings and dealings lately, um, it was announced maybe just over a year ago that uh, Netflix was partnering with Marvel Comics or Marvel Studios, to make four, to actually count them five, um, 13 episode series to air, um, you know, a year or two, or the next couple of years um, on from, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, um, of Daredevil, which was the first, aka Jessica Jones, um, uh, Luke Cage, and uh, Iron Fist, and then all culminating in The Defenders, which is. I mean, I thought it was an April Fool's joke when I first read this. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, mm-. are you kidding
0: me? I fucking love the Defenders.
2: So. Oh yeah, I mean, me too. It's it's not really going to be the Defenders that I remember, but just these. I've always loved these street level heroes, and mm-hmm. and just to see them realize like this in a 13 episode. I mean, God. Well, I'll I'll, I'll you know gush about it a little later. But um, I guess what we'll start out doing is just do our little usual five to 10 minute uh, blurb on. And who are we all, first of who all? Who are we all? Absolutely. We're the, the, the men without fear. Okay. <laughs> They're starting oh, out
3: really bad. <laughs> yeah. Fear of dying alone. <laughs> spiders. <laughs> Definitely spiders. Fuck spiders. Uh, yeah.
2: uh, but I am Scott McGregor. Scott 2.0, even though a friend of mine today just it reminded me that that joke is getting really old and obscure. Um, I'm with Christopher Tyler, the Hair Metal Hero, tonight, and uh, someone I don't think I've ever done a podcast with yet is Jeff Fish. Ahoy, 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 hoy. <laughs> yes, ahoy. And, uh, joining us from such podcasts as you do, just one of the guys, right, Jeff? Mm. No, 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 no. I do. Um, oh, with uh, yeah, and no, I'm sorry, I, we're, we're with Gene. Yeah,
0: yep. yeah. Yep. Where we uh, celebrate the life. I was life
2: thinking of, of Mr. Angle
0: i.e. Quasar who is the yeah, yeah. bacon of the Marvel Universe we <laughs> yeah. also do <clears throat> we also do comic book Fight Club which um, is probably the, the most embarrassing yet fun thing I ever do I have got a chance
2: <laughs> I to listen I to that I'm very have, proud to be a yeah, part of yeah <laughs> Yeah, I want to definitely give that one a listen. Um, Oh, Oh my
0: God. I I, I listen to it over and over and over again because it's exactly my kind of humor. (laughs) But, you know, it stands to reason because I'm on it. But it is – it's horrible. You really – you're going to lose some IQ points listening to it. But, man, it's fun.
2: I think that's an actually uh, a guarantee of listening to Two True Freaks podcast, isn't it? That you will feel stupider when you're done. Right. It depends on what shows you're listening to. Yeah, not right. mine. My, mine's high art. Yeah, no Listen. consoles for old men. They're plugged. Sorry. All
0: right right for you folks at home we realize this is your dirty little secret you don't tell people you don't i'm assuming that you're all guys so when you are you know spending time with a woman aside from your mother you don't mention this but i tell you what when you're driving back and forth to work god damn it this is the first fucking thing you put on the podcast (laughs) don't be ashamed it is hysterical
2: and we're all going to atlantic city so we can you know we're actually taking the list of names in our Two True Freaks Facebook group, I think, and we're passing it out to, to shame everyone that listens to our <laughs> podcast. Not, yes, not, not true, not true.
0: <laughs> oh, You know what we should do? Oh, This is an awesome idea. We should get our hosts and put signs around their neck like they do with the dog shaming. <laughs>
2: yeah, them. there we go. Can I Sneaks just have a out- real
3: albatross around my neck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sneaks out to Wawa for chubby hubby ice cream every night.
3: I love ice cream, but I can't <laughs> eat it because it'll make me fat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> er, fat. Yeah, 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 unfortunately.
1: <laughs> you <kidding. laughs>
2: So Daredevil, <laughs> Daredevil, and uh, oh my goodness! I mean, let's uh, just just to start. Uh, I mean, who wants to? Somebody else start because I've already talked far too much. But uh, Hero, why don't you start us off and tell us what you thought of uh, Netflix Daredevil? What's your experience with the character? <laughs> all right, uh, all you right. Know, uh, my yards, Do
3: you like long walks on the beach? Stuff like that. Uh, well, I do. I do like the beach, <laughs> but uh, if we're gonna talk about Daredevil. Daredevil was always a character growing up That I was familiar with um, My uh, My sister had a boyfriend when I was Much younger and I got a ton Of his comics so there was a decent run of Daredevil In there and I read them It was mostly uh, the Jr. JRJR stuff Which is if you're going to jump into Daredevil It's kind of a weird place to do it at um, but I enjoyed it so I was always familiar with them um, when the uh, the Marvel superheroes toy line came out it must have been like 1990, 91 maybe he was one of the figures I had I had the figure uh, I was I you know I always knew who he was uh, I watched all the the Marvel cartoons growing up so when he would guest appear on it anytime that he was actually on I don't think he was on much I knew who he was uh, which was awesome Uh and then later on, you know, you find out about the, oh, in that batch of comics that I, I received was the trade for Born Again. Nice. Yep. So that w- was really the the thing that made me a Daredevil fan, which is also a weird place to come in on because it's, you know, it's a building back up series. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 that was hotter edge than a lot of the stuff that I was reading at the time. Uh, but I loved it. I was just like, wow, this is, I mean, I know Frank Miller's. Kind of taken a downturn in his recent career, but reading that and reading the stuff that he wrote, yeah, I was just like, man, this is this is this shit is awesome. <laughs> you know? it's, it's
2: right up there with his Dark Knight Returns. I mean, as far as I, you know, uh, landmark I, I, comic series. Yeah, that he, he I like it. I on. like
3: it better. Yeah. I like it better than Dark Knight Returns. Uh, personally, it's just because you can tell that it's tied to the Marvel universe. <clears throat> you know, because the Avengers do factor into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just, here's a guy, you know, this reporter knows who he is and their buddies, and, he, you know, and the, the kingpin is just vicious, and oh my God, this girl's got problems and she's hooked on junk. And I was just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I was probably a, little too, probably a little too young to be reading it at the time, but <laughs> it really grabbed me. And uh, that made me a, a lifelong Daredevil fan, uh, more so than the. Uh, than the the, the in run that i that i got um so i continued to follow the character up until i stopped buying books regularly because they got too expensive but um i mean i was when when bendis was doing his thing on it i was picking it up you know the kevin smith stuff so the marvel when it hit the the marvel knights line um i was really digging that and uh I just, I've, I've been a fan of, of the character, not as much as, as J, J. David Wiener, Um but uh, he's a character that I can happily pick up probably any run of it, and I will enjoy it, because I have no problem with the swashbuckling Daredevil, I have no problem with the street-level Daredevil, I have no problem with him fighting ninjas. It's all good to me. I mean, he's kind of a five-tool character. You can pretty much tell any kind of story that you want with him. You can do straight superheroics, or you can do stuff with him and the Punisher, and it's all going to work. So that's that's my history with the character. The TV show, when I heard it got announced, I said, all right, here's a character that I actually want to see again because I liked the Ben Affleck movie there it's it's on record I've said it uh I think it got more right than it got wrong yeah that I agree with you said, that. Yeah. it still got a lot wrong I enjoyed that for what it was I didn't think it was the best adaptation of a Marvel property
2: it was but, amazing
3: uh, that we even got a Daredevil movie though I mean in well opinion, I mean that was know. that was after Spider-Man mm-hmm. and X-Men had hit so huge that yeah. anything was gonna get adapted you know and it was in <laughs> Fox's wheelhouse, so they, you
2: know, right after X-Men, they wanted to pump out probably any... Yeah,
3: yeah. what other properties man. do we have? Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked it enough to where I saw Elektra. Oh, God. Right? Why? Why? <laughs> oh, Terrence Stamp did make a kick stick, I have to say. Yeah, but <laughs> without the connection to Matt, does it really work? Yeah, no. Uh, no. Um, but it's uh, the TV show... Long form storytelling on TV Has come leaps and bounds um, Previously To my knowledge the only thing that really worked As a long form narrative Was Babylon 5 Where you know the creator had a Definitive this is where it needs to begin This is what needs to happen in the middle And this is where it needs to end right. um, But With cable TV and pay TV Such as it is now You can pretty much do anything you want and that's what this version of dead Evil did it's gonna say here's a 13 hour origin story mm-hmm. now a lot of us we we whine a lot about modern comic storytelling with decompression uh which yeah i'm not a fan of either i mean you know you i can read stuff from the 60s and 70s that's one or two issues and you get a whole story yeah. and i love it stuff today it's just okay you know you this out. On TV, I don't mind as much because it's actually allowing you to have the characters breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there was any waste of time with this show. Uh, Some others may argue that. But there were episodes that were mostly action. There were episodes that were mostly talking. Uh, And that balances out So where you actually have a beginning, a middle, and then to the story that you wanted Mm -hmm. to tell for this season. You told a story of how does this guy finally get into the costume which was done very well and it laid nuggets for what they want to do in the future should they do it Yeah. without it feeling like we're not going to get any resolve because we did we got a full story uh, I thought the acting across the board in it was great I thought the street level action in it was great Um, I think the they didn't 100% adhere to stuff that was in the comics for some of it which was fine uh, I was more than pleased with what they did with it. Uh, the, the 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 guy that plays Daredevil, I thought he was great. Yeah, um, he's mild mannered when he needs to be, but when he wants what when he's in full go mode, like it's not Christian Bale Batman go mode. It's uh, I'm gonna beat your ass. It's and fucking scarier.
1: Really, yeah, I It was scarier. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um and it's I everything in it just clicked on all cylinders. I, I was really impressed by it. Um and I am no familiar with the with uh Jessica Jones. I didn't read Alias. Yeah, me either. This show, I'm like, you know what? Bring on whatever else you want to bring on as a 13 episode season, because now I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Even if I wasn't interested in it before. Um I don't want to do too many specifics because, you know, I guess we'll do that as we go on. But uh, I was very pleased with the show. If season two <laughs> was available right now, I wouldn't be talking to you guys. I'd right. be watching this. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Uh, I guess
2: I'll jump in here. Um, I, I have not been like a steady Daredevil reader over the years, but he's always been one of my favorite characters. And I can pinpoint the exact... Time that he became one of my favorite characters, and it was uh, I got uh, like the, the omnibus thing, um, I think it was greatest superhero battles back in the 80s. Um, and one of the battles was Namer versus you know Submariner versus Daredevil. And uh, you know, through the whole thing, obviously, Namer is just kicking the shit out of him left and right. You know, I mean, Matt's getting in a billy club here and there, but ultimately, it pretty it ends up with. Daredevil flat on his face, grabbing namer's you know, ankle trying to stop him with his last breath, essentially, and namer just looking back he's like, namer says something to the effect of, you know, I've fought a lot of the heroes on this planet, and you're pretty much the most badass one I've ever fought, <laughs> <laughs> because you're the weakest one I've ever fought and that would that sold it for me it's just like, yeah, that, that scene to me epitomizes Matt Murdock's determination and how he is kind of the The Dark Horse, you know, probably one of the greatest heroes in the Marvel Universe. And, you know, a power set that not a lot of people might accept, you know, as many fantastical things go on in comics. Uh, A blind guy being a superhero is is pretty far-fetched, but that was kind of the beauty of of it, too. And uh, Stan Lee's vision for that, you know, showing... Because what is, you know, a superhero except... You know, our, our dreams of being able to surpass our, our physical, you know, limitations and do heroic things. Um, but, I mean, I've read a lot of the, the important stories over the years. i read some of Kevin Smith's runs and, and the Miller runs. And yeah, i got a Honeywell to thank for, for turning me on to, like, the, uh, the Electra saga and stuff like that. Uh, I remember sitting in his huge comic room, you know, as a younger adult and just uh, pouring through stuff. Um, so I was real excited, you know, to hear about the Ben Affleck movie when it was coming out, and I said I enjoyed about seventy-five percent of it, which is about, which is about standard for any Fox adaptation that I've seen. <laughs> I just don't think they—they've never nailed it for me a hundred percent. Possible exception to X-Men One, um, but you know, I saw its problems. Uh, it was like the, the playground. The playground yeah. seduction scene to me is like is like let's put it this way, it's one notch under uh it's actually one notch over Can you read my mind? As bad,
3: (laughs) (laughs) bad superhero movie moments. Here's the thing, though: if you took out the narration for the "Can you read my mind?" scene and just played it with the John Williams music, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's awesome. There was no audio tricks that could be done to that playground scene to make it work. No, nothing.
2: (laughs) Nope. No, that was pretty bad. It was a really bad scene in a a fairly good movie. but that's all the past, and I'm sure Netflix has pretty much erased any specter of the Affleck uh, Daredevil from people's minds at this point, And I was just blown away. I mean, I don't know exactly what my expectations were going into this, but uh, they were exceeded in pretty much all categories. Um, as you said, hero, just the uh, the fight scenes, the uh, characterization. I, have to, I think the season could have been two episodes less, maybe, maybe three, and gotten the same job done. It might have been a little long-winded in some parts. I, I love the Kingpin Vanessa stuff. I mean, yeah. D'Onofrio just knocked it out of the park. And the way they wrote, I really wasn't expecting Kingpin to be like that. And it was a little jarring at first, but we can get into that a little more later, but Man, the first uh, first episode had me. Um, the guy who plays Foggy didn't quite sell me at first, but I think it only took until the scene him and Karen got shit-faced in the second episode <laughs> to make me just like completely buy that relationship. And from there on, you could tell that that cast was just had super chemistry. Yeah, um, those three. And um, the the fight. You know, we'll we'll spend an hour on this, but the fight at the end of the second. Episode was just one of the most astounding things I think I've ever seen, you know, on television or film. Even as far as hand-to-hand combat fights, it was just it was so well choreographed because it didn't look choreographed at all. I mean, it was just you've got Daredevil staggering against walls and tripping into another room, and just the cinematography on it was uh, was was amazing. I mean, it you know people have quoted you know. Reference old boy, and uh, you said taxi driver. Uh, yeah, I and yeah, I could definitely see that too. Well. Yep, and uh, yeah, after that, it's like yeah, it pretty much had me—not like it didn't have me already, but you know, I I spread extra wide for it after that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> come
1: and get oh boy.
2: me, come and get me, Matt.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my. All right.
2: All right. Uh... But we'll get into more details later. That's about kind of my history of uh, Daredevil and just, man, I, the long form. This this to me was like a good little comic run. This was like a 12, 13-issue comic run. I mean, they weren't definitely weren't all self-contained, um, but in a way, that, I mean, they were as self-contained as any single issue you'd read, and I think... So I was saying in chat before this, man, just give me all my heroes on TV like this from now on. <laughs> I don't want to wait right. for movies anymore. <laughs> it does have its advantages. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: And to you, Mr. Jeff.
0: Yeah, so um, I, I don't know that I'd consider myself to be a Daredevil expert. However, I have been collecting Daredevil since, like, 1985. So I've read, like, just about every single issue for the last 20 Thirty years—that's uh, um, expert
2: for this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, I've also have a lot of the miniseries, you know, the trades. Uh, that uh, uh, man without fear that uh, Frank Miller did, which was awesome. Which is where the black costume got uh, originally put into the comic sphere. <laughs> um, and of course, that's the uh, the—I I was just loved the moment I saw that. Oh my God, they're using the year one quote-unquote uh costume during this series um i'm a little bit disappointed they jumped over that and didn't do the daredevil yellow costume but i understand that uh, we have to make this friendly for those uh, those folks out there that haven't uh, you know been such a big fan of the uh, character yeah um if i were to say what is my favorite run i gotta tell you the um kevin smith run guardian devil Mm, uh, is one of those um those story arcs that just kept on going and was one of those things that you just can't unread you know and uh although i've had subscriptions to comics delivered in my mailbox since i was i don't know Eight, uh because i was a lucky boy growing up except for being named Jeff. um <laughs> I, I fucking admit it right you know that's why i do this right um uh when some of those daredevil storylines came out i you know you just couldn't wait for the next month to get your your comic fix on so uh, daredevil has been one of my um You know, true, true enjoyable things. I even stuck by the character when he had that lame blue and gray suit somewhere (laughs) in the early 90s. Do you remember that? When they tried to pretend like, oh, uh, I've got to make everyone think that it's not the same guy wearing the suit that's been wearing the suit for all these years. So I'm going to completely change my suit and I'm going to have a gun even though I'm never going to shoot it, I just want them to see me
2: with a gun so they don't think I'm the same guy. Well, you have to have Uh, an excuse for the pouches, too. He must have had pouches.
0: (laughs) Right. It's not like the G.I. Joe comics where they never go into the pouches for anything. (laughs) Um, You know, they've got a utility belt. You've got to use it. Uh, As far as the Ben Affleck movie is concerned, um, I liked it. I was partial So, you know, it's like ice cream or pizza. There's no such thing as bad ice cream or bad pizza. Just some are better than others. And uh, that Daredevil movie was pretty good. There were some things about it that I thought were fairly lame. um, But I did like it. Um, And, uh, yeah, so Daredevil's been one of my favorites. When I saw that it was coming to Netflix, I said... I hope I don't fuck this up because <laughs> yeah. let's face it. Marvel has a long history of fucking things up. Uh, in fact, I want to make my new banner on my Facebook page, the, uh, Captain America from the eighties that was oh, done yeah. you know, with the, the red skull. That was Italian, not German. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I've got, I've got a picture of that dude in that rubber suit with a thumbs up and I just love it. It's going to be my new like from now on. Um, <laughs>
3: Your dad writes Catcher in the Rye, and then you wear a rubber mask. That's <laughs> sad.
0: Yeah, baby.
2: Hey, so, but it was, um, was at least it wasn't his logo painted on a motorcycle helmet.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I watched both of those movies. Oh, I so saw so him funny.
3: growing up too, and loved them you know, at the time. Anyway.
0: So, um, Daredevil, man. As soon as I saw it, I said, "Hey, I hope they don't fuck it up." And they didn't fuck it up. In fact, they made it just dark enough because I'm sure we've all seen these movies where they try to make it dark or they try to do something with it and the pendulum swings all the way to the other side where it's now become cheesy because it's forced. It's unnatural and not organic and this was spot on. I I have lots of notes for when we get into it but you know I, the storyline the powers development the uh fact that one of you guys said you know a 13-hour origin story man that hits it right on the head yeah um i take issue i actually i'm the exact opposite of you scott when it comes to i take issue with some of the stuff they did with wilson fisk mm-hmm. but as soon as i the first episode foggy nelson i'm like yeah it's fucking Foggy, because foggy is like one part uh uh, criminal uh, attorney genius right. and one part con artist, and <laughs> that's that's the character. Yeah, and he's yeah. just goofy enough to be, you know, goofy enough without it being, um, you know, comical. Where okay it's not organic, you're trying to make this guy look like a a douchebag, and you did, it was perfect, it was exactly But I think
2: they sold it later on in the the series that I think he he had that persona and people underestimated him because of it, and I think that was intentional on his part
0: I agree with you, I often play the goofball just because you know what? I can fly under the radio, uh, the, right? <laughs> the radar. No, I was doing that on purpose. I said radio on purpose that time. Just that's right. To, you know, just to create that illusion. The illusion. Illusion. So, yeah, that's my take on Daredevil, and um, I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs>
2: I don't know, I'm not even sure where to begin um, maybe we'll just, uh, we'll do the synopsis of maybe each episode, maybe it'll just kind of jog our memories. So I started watching it again, um, and I've gotten to about, I think I got to the stick episode um, and then I watched the final one again just to have that last fight fresh in my mind uh, we should probably <laughs> say up front this is gonna be a very spoilery um, yeah. podcast, I think we're gonna pretty much let everything out, um Well, yeah, I mean,
3: every episode's available, so you guys go watch it if you haven't, and then come back.
0: And they've had a fucking week, right?
3: Right, yeah, no. What are you doing with your lives?
2: Come on. Seriously. (laughs) Some people have children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, poor bastards. What, for lunch? Oh, yeah. I can't even fathom the amount of TV I would have missed if I had kids. It's depressing. (laughs)
0: is that why we're all middle-aged podcasters that talk about comic books you are uh, middle-aged. Yeah, could be <laughs> do you do we see like a correlation or a causation here
2: I think there are statistics to support it yes <laughs>
3: uh, all right so first episode
1: um
2: yeah uh, we just got Matt Murdock opens his law practice with foggy Nelson of course while fighting crime at night as a mass vigilante he thanks imdb.com that was helpful.
3: Um <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. but I mean it starts right out, you know it we in, in a show that's a basically a 13 minute or a 13 hour origin story, man they they got the origin just you know quick right you know, in the beginning, basically, there's a kid on the ground, there's hazardous waste all around him. There's his father trying to rush through the crowd. To make sure he's alive and dad I can't see and that's all you need to know to begin with and uh, and then it unfolds through flashbacks throughout 13 hours and it's just I thought it was just brilliantly paced the way they did it and uh, you know not overused they didn't have to hit you over the head with an origin story like a lot of things do these days
3: well they had time
2: yeah I mean which right. is how old were you when you got blinded
0: nine I hear things
2: they call stuff like that gifts Uh, i mean i thought they did it very well in the affleck movie too and and as far as the origin and and they did it pretty concisely um
0: and the thing i really liked about this netflix series is, is they didn't over explain things like you got it he was daredevil and he had some superpowers but they didn't over explain things and it left me wondering like all right You know, are they ever going to show the radar sense? Are they ever going to talk about this? And sure enough, episode after episode, they start trickling in these things. So they didn't have to cram it down their their throat and wedge it into the storyline. To use the term organic again, it allowed the story to develop organically.
2: And the beauty of this being hooked up with, uh, I mean, the only people that are going to lose out on this are people that aren't familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe At this point, but I mean, if you know this is connected to the Avengers, then, you know, you don't really need them to explain to you that, gee, the hazardous waste caused this kid's powers. You've got the Hulk running around and shit. So, I mean, you know, no one's really going to question that.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And they, I mean, they don't even, the only reference to the Avengers is the incident. Yeah. You know, and And, then they say, yeah, aliens blew up.
2: (laughs) and, And Wesley asking why, you know, people, you know, his thugs get their asses kicked if someone doesn't have a magic hammer. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it definitely sets the tone. I mean, you go from Foggy asking the cop, you know, let us know if there's something interesting to Karen Page with a butcher knife in her hand, covered in blood. And it's like, well, yeah, okay then. We're off and running. (laughs) Is
0: this how you guys pictured Karen Page? Because although that actress was... Enough and she was blonde. I, I, that was not the image of Karen Page I had in my head. Did anyone else have a problem with that? A disconnect? Uh,
3: no. uh, well, let's, well, they didn't take her down the junkie slash HIV route, well, yet. maybe, uh, maybe, but they have
0: made it in reference. To yes, all yeah, dog. I, I, my I think past. that was mentioned to her, yeah, few times. yeah. but
3: um, it, it seemed like, I mean, because I've read a bunch of the 60s Daredevil stuff and she's like a non entity. Well, yeah, you know? she was Barbie doll back then. Yeah, you know, she so, was I mean, secretary. they actually gave her a storyline. Yeah. And I it, I liked how they brought her into that from, we're going to help this, this lady out, and we're going to take care of her. Which, I mean... It could be seen as you know she's the damsel in distress, but she's the farthest thing from that. Which, yeah. No, she's
0: fucking Lois Lane in this. All right. Yeah. She's no doubt. Yeah. Being a and she's always getting into trouble or making existing trouble worse.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's more interesting than her doing nothing. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, absolutely. I, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. That's they work all three characters great in
2: this series. I mean, there there's no as you said, I think hero. There's no. There's no waste. You know. There's no just background care. i mean there's background characters but the main three are not you know they all have equal parts in this it's really yeah, great they're all important yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah just I, I really thought i mean I, I didn't really have other than the barbie doll i mean i remember the like the guardian or the born again and what they put karen through in the comics <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. which is a, as you said they, they are definitely alluding to in this uh as far as her dark past and the fact that she's maybe shot someone else before. Um, yeah. Who knows? Did By shot, you mean porn? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe.
1: Our practice is relatively young, Miss Page, and we are aggressively pursuing new clientele.
2: But uh, I thought the actress uh, nailed what they gave her. I mean, whatever way they wrote her, you know, however close it is to the comics or not, the Deborah Ann Wall, well, just, it's good to see someone from True Blood, you know, Get some good work and, and be able to flex their muscles because they weren't writing much for the True Blood people near the end there.
0: <laughs> I'll agree with that. Yeah,
2: but the casting—this oh, is going to some of the casting across the board—is just freaking fantastic. As far as the kingpin, as I said, I think I'm still on the fence. I, I don't know. I know there were like some some very kingpin-centric stories over the years that I never really got to read, and I think he even had like a limited series, didn't he, Jeff? You'd probably know.
0: You know what, I don't know that. That's something that I'd be interested to read if it does exist, but I I, I don't know if it's Kingpin only. Maybe I, I'm thinking of Luther.
2: That... I know Luther had like this that Alex Ross did the cover for or something, but never mind. Yeah. Tangent.
1: Snap out of it. But um, all right.
2: yeah, as I said, I, I wasn't really didn't it was a different portrayal than i i was expecting from him you know most of all out of all the characters i think but i think he nailed it and i loved it
3: uh, he's a little but, just you know i kingpin, think the intent you know. was to not make him like when you first read him in early spider-man comics and early did when he you know he's yeah, he's kind of cut he's kind of Yeah, it's a gangster parody
2: i mean he's just he's like the enforcers and you know it just, yeah, the, but I the, love the influences. Yeah, well, me too, me too. But I mean, but <laughs> well, let's face it, they are like you know, just, just they're
3: like Dick Tracy fucking gangsters. Really. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I, it, to me, I the thing that kept hitting me over the head was he's not really the kingpin yet, because every one of the suits he wore was black. Yeah, and well, I was they- thinking that in my head, I'm like, he's not really the kingpin. He's still trying to build his empire. Yeah, they troll this stuff, but he's got a pretty goddamn good empire
2: going. I mean, from all the shit, I mean, he just he had button men everywhere, you know. It's like, wh- whatever mess he was in, someone was pretty much there to get him out of including a pretty impressive prison break at the end. (laughs) That's true.
0: And and to your point, I believe, or at least I'm hoping, that he evolves into the Kingpin. I remember reading this as he was growing up, because the character I saw is not the Kingpin. Compelling? Yes. Well-acted, well-written? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But not the Kingpin that I have remembered. Now, what I'm hoping happens is, just like they, they took... Thirteen hours to develop Matt, aka Daredevil, Foggy, and Karen. Season two, maybe we see this emotional, not very centered uh, kingpin character develop into the kingpin that I want to see. Because mm-hmm. when I, what I, the, char- the character I remember had this shit together. He's got a plan for everything, and it's wheels within wheels. He's got a plan A, B, C, D, all the way to Z in his back pocket. Nothing rattles the guy, and, you know, he half the time manipulates the superheroes into doing his dirty work for him.
3: I definitely think that's common, and I think the fact that they hooked him up and they showed us his relationship with Vanessa, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: is you can tell as soon as she enters his life that moment where she's picking out his clothes for him and she picks out the different cufflinks (laughs) that his dad's cufflinks Mm -hmm. like that's where it's like okay he's starting to become the kingpin that we know
0: right he's no longer that scared little chubby kid which by the way it's exactly fuck how i looked when i was that age so (laughs) And it pains me to mention that, but none of you assholes listening know my real name, so, you know, uh. what are you going to do? Anyway, no, I look like that, and I'm just teased. Um,
3: Did you see. ever take a hammer to somebody's head, though? Uh,
0: uh, the statutes, statute, no.
3: so, statute of limitations
2: would be <laughs> up.
0: Right. Suspected, no,
2: uh, not convicted.
0: <laughs> right. So, you know, when, right, when you're teased as a kid, I mean, so this, this Kingpin character is what I'm hoping is happening is, as you said, Chris, he was a victimized brutalized child scared in pain trying to break out of that role finds some level of power some level of control over his life but still ruled by the 10 year old he used to be which is why we see him looking in the mirror and seeing that kid i love the vanessa because vanessa fisk is his wife in the uh, comics so he beats Vanessa and she helps transform him from the boy he was through still seeing himself as that boy to the man he's going to become so that's what I'm hoping and one of the other things I like about this is Marvel does a great job and I know you DC fanboys are going to get real mad at this but DC many of the characters especially the villains are one dimensional archetypes in Marvel All of your bad guys aren't really bad guys. I mean, they're fucked up in the head. You might not agree with their methodology, but you can kind of see their point of view. I mean, Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom believes that your life would be way better off. If he were in charge. Yeah. And you know what? He's not wrong. If you ever read the Emperor Doom miniseries, he gets to be the, in charge of the entire planet. And guess what? It's almost a utopia. And the only reason why he lets it go is because it's fucking boring. <laughs> Magneto saw his, his uh, Jewish people, as that a way to say it? Uh, victimized and, uh, and, and slaughtered uh, as part of the Holocaust. And now that he knows he's a mutant, and he sees the same pattern happening again, and is terrified of that, so he does the only thing he knows how to do, and that is use the same type of tactics the Nazis used, see a little juxtaposition there, and aren't you impressed I used the word juxtaposition correctly yes. in a sentence? <laughs> he starts to do that same sort of thing, because... Boy, he was. We're all products of our environment. That's what he knows, and he doesn't want to see the same thing that happened to his parents, to his family, happen to his new mutant family. Kingpin, same thing. Yeah, comes from. He's a sympathetic villain. You kind of get where he's coming from in all of this, and yeah, don't. And even Loki.
2: I mean, within the MCU, Loki is the same way. It's like these monsters aren't born this way; they're made. You know, from you know. One right. way or another
0: and if you've ever read oh my god if you've read uh, the journey into mystery i believe that's what it's called that uh, came out in the um late 2000s um loki becomes such a sympathetic character i mean when he becomes a boy again which i know is kind of lame but if you really read it there's a scene where he's looking in the mirror talking to himself and not metaphysically he's you know he's uh, you know because of magic's involved and you know he actually comes out and you know says I hate you, referring to himself because mm. he became exactly the way everyone treated him like a like a liar. Everyone treated him like a trickster, and that's what he became because you're a product of your environment. And if people treat you a certain way, you'll live up to that expectation. So, without further pontification, uh, I like what they're doing with the kingpin. I hope he becomes what I remember as a child.
3: I think it's a given. I think it's a given, and and to the sympathy aspect of it, he's only sympathetic to a point. He's sympathetic until he decapitates that guy with the katana, and at that point, you go, "Ooh, yeah." Okay. Well, there's a
2: point you realize he's not. He doesn't believe his own bullshit as much as he's trying to get everyone else to believe that he's an honorable man. He really is just that ten year old child that's trying to kill his own demons, and you know, and. Erase them, basically. You know, he wants Hell Kitch- Hell's Kitchen to burn, essentially. Sometimes it requires force. It's impossible to avoid for what I'm trying to do. Or something worse. We don't know what the black sky is yet, but...
0: <laughs>
2: uh, I'm intrigued to find out. I'm sure Iron Fist is actually going to tell us more about that later on. Um, yeah. We <laughs> planted some nice seeds in this, too. I mean, and you, yes. you do that when you know there's already three other... You know, shows on the way that are going to follow this up. And I would be, I haven't read anything that, you know, he's going to be in any of the other ones, but we know that Matt Murdoch's showing back up in The Defenders, so that's something. And, and why not yeah. have him, you know, have at least Nelson and Murdock, uh, you know, attorneys at law, be in one of the other shows, too, or at least the mention? You know, there's going to be a lot of cross pollination
3: going on there. Yes. The the seeding that they did in this was phenomenal.
0: Oh, there's so many Easter eggs throughout this whole thing. It's just a, a beautiful thing.
2: I'm hoping that, I mean, I'm sure we haven't, I don't, maybe they don't roll out Kingpin again for the second season, though. Maybe they, you know, move on to something else. Maybe Bullseye or more stuff with the hand or... Um, because I was reading one interview that, you know, they were pretty lucky to get D'Onofrio because he makes quite a bit of cash when he, he works on TV these days. So um, that may have something to do with us not even seeing him till like, the third episode, too. And Rosario Dawson probably commands a pretty good coin these days, too. And, you know, we only saw her for a couple episodes. But, I mean, it was enough. That's all we needed her for. But that was a great character, too. Uh, we've, we meet her in Cutman, Man, the second episode that has the amazing fight in it, and that one just starts off, you know, with Matt Murdock in a dumpster, <laughs> bleeding horribly, <laughs> and uh, as it should be. I mean, the way they... I, I thought the 2003 movie showed very well, like, what Matt Murdock goes through, you know, in, in the 2003 movie, he's chomping down friggin' pain pills, and he's got his little is a decompression chamber there he sleeps in and you know he's beat up most of the time and they showed that real well in this and uh yeah Rosario Dawson plays Claire the the night nurse sort of and uh she patches up Matt and um, then they
3: torture a cop. And... <laughs> it wasn't a cop, though.
2: Yeah, wasn't it? I thought
3: it was a cop on his payroll or something. No, no, he wasn't a cop on the payroll. He was one of the guys working for the Russians.
0: Yeah, yeah. he was a Russian that was disguised right. as a cop. Now, a couple of things that this brought up, and, I, and they explain it as we go through this series. But a couple of things, I'm watching this, and, and firstly, I'm going to say I love the interaction between the night nurse and Matt. Um, I love that relationship. I really, Even though it didn't necessarily happen like that in the comics, mm-hmm. it totally makes sense, and uh, I'm all for it. it Fill my heart. What is it telling you? That you're scared. More than I've ever been in my life. But I'm watching this episode, and the thought that continues on throughout, the rest of the episodes is, it reminds me of the old Punisher comics that we all knew and loved from the 80s and 90s, where, god damn, this guy takes so much punishment, how is he healing so quickly? Mm-hmm. And that was a question that, you know, finally got answered, you know, seven, eight episodes in, but I'm uh, that actually pulled me out of my willing suspension of disbelief, because he's taken so much damage, now all of a sudden he's walking around? Like, how the fuck did that happen?
2: Yeah, yeah, that um, was a little a little rough on the imagination, but um, yeah, you know. Well, his father could take a beating, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're the son of a boxer, necessarily means you can take as much punishment as a boxer, but I guess we're it's gonna
0: biological. suspend I,
2: our disbelief on that
0: one. <laughs> right, right, right. And um, the <laughs> other thing that comes up is, alright, If all of his sen- senses are super heightened right where we have seen in the past that loud noises uh can distract him and may and you know, incapacitate him well if your sense of touch is that acute and you're taking those kinds of blows yeah those pain's gonna be touch, worse <laughs> right yeah how are you gonna be able to muscle through that now they he's explained-
2: catholic he's Catholic yeah that's I like that explanation too <laughs> sure.
0: well they do explain it away later on after we meet Stick after they start talking about the meditation techniques and again we told you there's going to be spoilers so mm. tough shit yeah. um, the meditation techniques you know hey but by turning his meditation inward he can accelerate his healing process uh, I gotta call bullshit on that but at the same time you know it's a superhero movie so right. we're superheroes and then the meditation techniques help him push past the pain. But God, you know, I, I get a hang now. And, I, you know, I turn into a three-year-old. <laughs> well,
2: and thank God you're not out there defending us there.
0: <laughs> you're right. True. I'm here to rip down other people's uh, other people's uh, projects and, 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 and make fun about the creative process. That's what I do. <laughs>
1: Lawyer by day, vigilante by night.
0: Absolutely.
2: Um... But so we, we finally, we get that amazing fight at the end of uh, Cut, man. Um, there are a lot of, I don't have the list up in front of me, but a lot of different directors um, on this show. Uh, each episode pretty much has a different one, and you can tell different styles in some of the fights. And I almost, man, they almost blew their load too early in episode two, in my opinion, because that fight was just so astounding that I thought everything that came after it was going to be a letdown. Um, But it wasn't a letdown. It was it wasn't quite as exciting some of the other fights, but they were just different and shot. You know, well, different we had styles. a ninja fight.
3: We had a fight. Yeah, with a we had. Uh, they they tried to give us a little bit of everything.
2: Yeah, and the perspective. I think it was maybe three or four that uh, the blind uh, courier guy is in the car, and you just like the whole point of view is from inside the car, basically a tracking shot and. um you know he, he goes around the car and you see out the back window Daredevil standing there and the mobsters out front and then all of a sudden he's on them kicking their asses you know and the poor blind guy gets shot anyway but a lot of uh, people
3: he was peddling dope
2: yeah you know he deserved it but man, big body count in the show I mean yeah, it's <laughs> nice guy, so. they it's definitely I mean they were calling it a hard PG13 but there's definitely some r rated violence in this yeah. thing. And, uh, and one side boob, which is always nice. You know? mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Have we ever seen side boob in a Marvel thing before? I mean, that's just. Uh, I get this Mystique count. <laughs> no, no, Marvel MCU. No, uh, that's actually just full blue scaly boob, which is not really. It
3: doesn't do anything
2: for
0: it, counts. It, it. counts. It counts. It does it's,
3: count. I it's
2: guess. a boob. Uh,
0: Yep. And uh, and uh, Scarlett Johansson's ass in the Black Widow costume. Oh.
3: That is my yeah. refrain all the time. Whenever she's <laughs> we talk about one of her movies with her, to Scando's
0: ass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, this is why we don't have female listeners.
3: Uh,
0: we weren't I, gonna get female listeners anyway. We won't,
2: no, so we'll not with this one.
0: Play to our crowd.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Sausage Fist. Well, finally, in uh, I think the end of episode three, we get to see uh, Mr. Wilson Fisk, and he's he's macking on someone in an art gallery, and uh, it's called Rabbit in a Snowstorm. I gotta admit, I I called it wrong when they first released the. Uh, the titles of the episodes, I thought Rabbit in a Snowstorm would be like the stick training montage. It sounded like, <laughs> s- sounded like something stick would say, you know, you're a rabbit in a snowstorm. Um, He's not but there. it wasn't. It's just a really boring painting that Wilson Fisk, you know, managed to to buy and thereby get into Vanessa's shorts.
0: Right, but um, we find out later why that painting speaks
2: to him. Right, right. Yeah. I, that that blew me away. Yeah, yeah and oh. it was nice because I wasn't even Ooh. thinking when they were doing it that man, he just like shitty art. You know, I didn't think there was actually going to be a reason for it, and that was nice. That's that's what you can do in thirteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the Vanessa Kingpin dynamic. I don't know anything about them from the comics other than obviously they get married. Um, but I like that she. Well, she realized who he was, you know, after the little incident in the restaurant there, and, you know, he has to get rushed out. But I like that she didn't immediately be like, ooh, big gangster guy, I'm going to get with him. That she was cautious. You know, they wrote it, like, real life that this woman's going to check this shit out and bring a gun to the second date and, yeah. uh, you know, not dive in, but ultimately find out that Vanessa's cool with blowing people up. As long yeah, as that you're was You're doing it for a good reason and you've got billions of dollars or something. Um, and you have an assistant that picks good wine. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> in episode four, we get In the Blood, which is a lot more from our Russians. I think that's maybe when one of the Russians loses his head. That might be a little it's later on.
3: I don't remember being that early.
2: That was... Uh, but the, the whole underplot of... Um, I mean, basically, the, the it's kind of this criminal organization, which is... Kind of the hand, but I don't remember. We didn't actually hear the hand spoken in this, did we? But, I mean, boo no, there oh, it's, is... It's is, heavily
3: implied that... Yeah. Nobu I don't know if it's a rights thing
2: that. or not. I mean, Honeywell was telling me he thought the hand definitely originated in Daredevil, even though Wolverine kind of stole him.
3: Um, uh, yeah, I think they did originate in dead. Uh Did they originate in Dead but i think uh, they're I, more i couldn't
0: tell you no yeah I, they, I think they would have had to because the hand were introduced
3: in the, the miller run
0: right with electra right because that's where if i remember correctly that's where electra received her training really? and i don't know about you guys but every time i i think the hand i immediately want to say the foot which were the ninjas Jet from the teenage yeah from the teenage mutant ninja turtles which yeah. is,
2: these That's two why. things are tied together. That Daredevil was the, the reason the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came about. Is we all knew, it? Yeah, we all knew this, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Explain this to me.
3: All right, so... Um, the goo. Yeah, the, uh, the the toxic waste is the, the same ooze. toxic waste
0: <laughs>
3: it's supposed to be. And uh, the, the accident causes a kid to drop the four. that car accident causes the kid to drop the four turtles down into the sewer uh-huh yeah and that's why they're called the hand it's a parody of the foot uh, the, the, oh my uh, god foot. yeah yep.
0: that's hysterical I, and I that's have... why
3: that first run of ninja turtles is written frank miller-esque yeah
0: yeah i have i have the four graphics collecting the, i guess the first couple of, years of uh, Uh, Of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I love it. And I know that Eastman and Laird, uh, the creators, you know, thought of the turtles as a joke in a bar one night, the drinking, and I think, "Oh, would it be funny to make a Ninja Turtles?" Uh, But I never made that connection. I do. I remember that panel specifically, where it's Mm -hmm. some kid, which I guess was Matt Murdock. So I guess it was Matt Murdock. No (laughs) shit, oh that's great, man. (laughs) I learned something new tonight.
2: The more you know, right. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, where were we? Anyway, um, yeah, Vanessa and Fisk, that was cool. Um, the Russians, just a lot, 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 lot going on. I mean, even for 13 episodes, this was some dense stuff. And we have, uh, what, Madam Now or something? Uh, Madam Gow. Madam Gow, um, who's, like, the main heroine hookup for everyone. We've got the owl, Leland Owsley, who's mm-hmm. not yet the owl, and kind of looks like he's dead but not not well, well his son not still guaranteed alive. yeah oh there you go so maybe he ends up being the actual owl right and he, he
0: gives f- he gives Fisk a lot of lip like he's given everyone a lot of lip service and um, well he, I, thinks I, he, I
2: he thinks he's got leverage but he doesn't yeah. realize that Kingpin's also crazy so, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't. He didn't count on that ten-year-old boy coming out and knocking the shit out of him. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
2: he thought he was dealing with a businessman, uh, which is why. I mean, Kingpin's, uh, as you said, he's not the kingpin yet because his people turn on him, and it's specifically because he's gotten with this woman who's been complicating things, and so they want to take her out, um, which obviously doesn't make him real happy. He crushes the. He crushes the. Uh, he crushes the The Russians had, that That was right after their first date, because it was the Russian rushing in that interrupted them. And and he got all pissed, he's like, you made Vanessa upset. And uh, thus he, I don't believe I've ever really seen a scene of someone decapitating someone with a car door before. But now I have,
3: and I feel richer for it. The thing that i took away the most from that when i was sitting there watching it was when he goes tell mr potter i'll need another suit and i went you've got to be kidding me yeah i was like oh my god the gladiator yeah mm-hmm. I, was, I was so stoked and then they show him and he's got a poster from the uh 50s movie they the gladiators and i was just like oh yeah oh this is so rad
2: this crew knows who they're playing to man I, yeah i mean it's it's Basically, some Joss Whedon boys that wrote and are on the showrunners of this. So, yeah, you know, Drew Goddard started out. Uh, I bet Drew is kind of wishing he was still in complete control of it. He like he left the project to go make the Sinister Six movie, which who the hell knows is ever even happening. And, um, <laughs> I would love to see it in the MCU, but we'll see. Yeah, it. I don't know. That, that's the only. And I was just thinking about this a little earlier today. Is that it's almost. This is kind of where the whole Marvel-Sony-Spider-Man thing gets a little awkward, and it's the elephant in the room, because Spidey should be down there in the fucking gutters with Daredevil by now. Yeah, you know, I, If they're going to say he's been around, um, the, the, yeah. these are the shows he should be showing up in, even though that'll never happen. But.
0: It could. Hey, quick, quick aside, is the new Fantastic movie part of the mcu
2: no no no. oh my
0: god i'm watching (laughs) that trailer and i just i i I want to vomit with rage
2: the the new one gave me like about two minutes of hope and then just started dashing it to pieces again after a while i mean it it had some pretty scenes in it but now it's just yeah none of them were in the daylight though yeah Yeah, right the fantastic
3: four operate in the daylight yeah. All yeah.
2: Their it almost looks like a good chunk of the movie is going to be in whatever negative zone. I'm not even
3: going to get into that. Which, right now. I should be excited because it's the negative zone, but just right. don't waste yeah. it. They're yeah. going to
0: fuck it up. They're going to fuck it up. And unless they've got zone, a Nihilist
2: flying yeah. at their asses, then I don't care. If you're going to do that
3: in the first movie, haven't run into a Nihilist. Don't even bring in Dr. Doom yet. Right. right. <laughs> you know, there's enough All there to right. do with it. You
0: know what? No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. I hope they don't do Annihilus and I'll tell you why because Guardians of the Galaxy another one of my favorite comics. I loved them since they first appeared in the short-lived Thanos run um, that was all during the Anni- uh, uh, Annihilation wave. Where yeah Annihilus I'll
2: bet came. he's in the Fantastic Four stable though I almost guarantee it I mean, Oh that would
0: suck I mean, ah. if, neg-
2: if Negative Zone is he is. I don't know if they'll call it the Negative Zone or not in the movie but you know, you're stomping on my buzz, man. we got to get back to Daredevil. All right. I'm too happy about this show to fucking worry about that hackery.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've been preoccupied of late with questions of morality.
2: Um, World on Episode. fire. Mm-hmm. As, uh, Fisk moves forward with plans to threaten to rip Hell's Kitchen apart. Murdoch and Foggy take on a, house, uh, take on a case helping victims victimized by a slumlord. We've got the uh, kind of stereotypical... Latino middle-aged lady who needs help and, you know, Nelson and Murdoch rush to their aid or Nelson and Paige, actually. Um, which is a cool little story and it shows... Through the whole thing, man, they show that Foggy, Karen, Matt got great hearts and maybe Foggy and Karen even more than Matt. I mean, they actually focus on them a lot as far as their film, you know, their, their charity work and, you know, just pretty much, you know, I don't think... They took that one case for Fisk uh, to get his guy off on the self-defense and made themselves some money there, but pretty much (laughs) it's all
3: non-paying clients, as it should Uh, be for Nelson Well, Matt took that case so that he could figure out what he was up against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I liked. Yeah, oh yeah. He's got some... He doesn't really have any scruples when it comes to tracking down who the bad guy is. (laughs) No,
2: and and that's kind of always been a Daredevil thing, too. He he skates that line. Um, You know, he's like Batman. He won't kill, but, I mean, he's... He, he, he gets dark and he doesn't mind her. he put someone in a coma in this he threw him off a freaking roof you know yeah. and could, couldn't be sure that he'd survive it But he did. Uh, I think he knew otherwise he wouldn't have done it yeah but that was but, after he stabbed him in the head that was crazy I know I mean we've got dared over the torture that's another thing I really didn't see coming in this show and, and I definitely didn't see the nurse, you know, giving him instructions on how to torture a guy better. I am just like, this is nuts. You make life difficult for
3: bad men.
0: Let's face it, this Daredevil is a better Batman than any
2: Batman I've ever fucking seen. I know, man, I know. Yeah. And as I said, it's just, it's, and that's kind of, he's always kind of been Marvel's Batman in a way. Get out of my city. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and there was a Daredevil-Batman crossover before. A uh, one-shot trade paperback. It was. Oh great. Yeah? yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was great. <laughs> Matt Murdock's fucking with with Bruce Wayne the entire time. I love it. <laughs> um, and, you know what? I want to back up for a second. Although not canon, I really like the idea of Foggy and Karen dating. Like, didn't maybe they not, did that was cool.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they had chemistry in this. Anyway, go on, guys. No, I didn't know about the comics, but.
0: Now, my recollection, and I could be wrong, in the comics, he hit on Karen. Of course, Foggy would hit on anything that moves. Uh, But he hit on Karen, but Karen eventually fell in love with Matt. And I liked the dynamic, and I liked the idea of her starting to fall in love with Foggy. And I realized that in Marvel, especially, the hero can never be happy for too long. So if anyone, (laughs) right? I mean, and it gave me a complex, you know? (laughs) You know, no matter how good things are going, something's going to happen, and your chick is going to leave you, or your chick is going to get killed, or your chick is something She's going to get AIDS, and then Bullseye's going to come in and fucking throw the baton and kill her. (laughs) You know, no matter what happens. I
2: can see both of those things happening in this show pretty pretty easily.
0: (laughs) No matter what happens, I mean, even in this, right, Matt starts a relationship with a night nurse. It is a great dynamic. And then I can't handle you being Daredevil, and she goes away. You don't see shit like that in DC. Like, uh, don't get me started. I really, I have some real storytelling problems with DC. But Marvel, of course, pendulum swings the other way, and no one can ever be happy for long. There's no happy endings in Marvel. It's always it's something new. It's drama. It's always drama. Well, it drama? But it's again, it's too far. Like no one. I think the only stable relationship I've ever seen in the Marvel universe is Jessica Drew and Luke Cage, mm-hmm. and even then they're always fighting because they've got the baby and they decide they want to be Avengers, and that's always putting the kid in danger.
3: And we'll probably
2: see I go some too of
0: that. i was
3: nope. just trying to think of a, counter examples. Uh, Black Bolt and Medusa.
2: No. Uh, hopefully we'll
3: see that someday,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you got Steve Ryder. Steve, I, you know, as far as we know, he's the 35-year-old virgin. He didn't even get a piece of Peggy before he went down in the ice.
0: Right. Um, he, even he, he was developing a great relationship with the Scarlet Witch, and then M-Day happened, you know, and she lost her marbles again. <laughs> and fucking, you know, no more mutants of course I'm paraphrasing like two years worth of a story arc but um yeah this, you can't uh, no one can be happy in a relationship in Marvel the end <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, poor Spidey had to make a deal with his devil and choose between oh, his marriage and so his... That's where I'm going to go off the rails. <laughs> yeah. all right, all right enough, so enough.
0: <laughs> I, again, maybe I'm a bit of a romantic, but I read sad, <laughs> and I was so sad because, you know, Peter Parker, he exemplifies what's in all of us nerds, you know? He's a kid yep. that, uh, you know, just couldn't catch a break and he finally marries Mary Jane. the
2: hot redhead. Of course she's going to, you know, disappear. You know, the hot Great. blonde... Had her neck snapped,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Gwen Stacy was the love of his life when uh, during the the um, uh, was it the um, what was that crossover called where when they were you know just before she said no more mutants House of M when he was mm-hmm. she was in House of M Gwen Stacy was alive and they were married and happy. And then, of course, what happens is we've got to put the universe back the way it's supposed to be, and he loses her all over again.
2: No, see, I'm done. The comics uh, (laughs) caused me too much therapy.
3: (laughs) 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 Stuff like that. Uh, uh, But, yeah, the uh, the relationship with Matt and uh, Claire is pretty good. But, honestly, it's like, can you really? I wouldn't want to date somebody that knows how getting their ass whipped every night. Why yeah. would you put that? Why would you put that emotional investment on yourself? Well, I think he's me. the one that pretty much, you know,
2: basically told her not to fall in love with him. You know, that she kind of put it out there that she was, and he was like probably not a good idea. Well, I mean, going by his yeah. comics, yeah, don't yeah. don't fall. In love <laughs> yeah, that. no, <laughs> don't women should stay as far the fuck away from Matt Murdock as we can. Absolutely, it's true.
1: No, 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 so much nope
2: beyond Kyle Rayner levels, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to come out of a bar. Look, there's a little blue man. He's going to give me a ring. All right, what's next? What are we moving on to the next episode?
2: Um, Yeah, we got World on Fire, and I just want to reference that because that's how Matt actually describes to Claire finally, um, and finally tells her his name's not Mike. Um, Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, believe. yeah. It's it was like, yeah, it's a, it, a great line, too. It's like, yeah, Mike, Mike's a guy I used to see. He was pretty good at keeping secrets, too. Yeah, great lines in this all the way around. Um, But the only thing maybe that we lost from having a 2003 Daredevil was I really loved how they did the radar sense in that Agreed. movie. Agreed.
0: And, yeah, and you
2: knew from the get-go they couldn't do it for this show because they would be oh you're just copying the 2003 movie because us nerds are fucking assholes that way <laughs> it's probably really expensive
3: <laughs> though.
2: yeah but I mean I, I liked what they did and I think it was almost more effective just, you know, having him and the actor uh, just nailed it, you know, the way he cocks his head and just goes for yeah. a certain sound, and, and the the sound design on this was just perfect, but we get the one shot, finally, of how Matt Murdock sees, and he claims it's like a world on fire, and it's just this, and that's kind of exactly what it looked like. It was kind of like the rain scene in the Daredevil movie, almost, but they had to go with fire because asshole nerds. Um, well it is devil, so kinda of thematic. Yeah, yeah, definitely some symbolism going on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Symbology. Yeah, symbology. Yeah,
0: I am. Um, I, I couldn't agree more is I really like the way they did the um, the sonar, if you will, in the movie. Uh, this, I didn't care for it, but, I mean, let's, I mean, come on, this split splitting hairs. I mean, this is an excellent, excellent yeah. series. I mean,
2: again, it's, and- it's, it's Marvel deciding not to hold your hand through the whole thing. Like, this is how it works, just accept that he can see, basically. He's blind, but he can see. There you go. That's the premise. Let's go kick some ass. And, and you love it I and mean, you don't need that every single time and I don't think they use it every single time in the Daredevil movie too if I remember but I mean no just a couple they, 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 maybe they should have set it up a little earlier just to kind of illustrate it for people like us nerds that don't get it immediately mm-hmm. um, but I, I it works fine for me to have it be like a narrative point and then just kind of move forward from there and, and do it with a sound design because I thought that was really brilliant yeah, it's slow-mo and sound. Yeah, and they didn't beat you over the head with it. You know? No, he no. Said and I think that worked well for him. Um, Is that right? Condemned next. Uh, Daredevil finds himself trapped in the fallout of Fisk's, Fisk's plan to take control of Hell's Kitchen. Ben Yurick digs closer to the truth. Guy who played Ben Yurick in this uh, was it really awesome. kicks some ass, too.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There's someone in Hell's Kitchen that wants to control our city, our lives. But no one knows who it is or what they want.
2: Spoiler territory, I can't believe they killed him. I was... (laughs) uh, uh, And Wesley, I I mean... Yeah. Those are like two big characters in the Marvel Universe. Ben (laughs) Yurik is
3: huge in the Marvel Universe. and I was so bummed about that, but you know what? The fact that I'm so bummed about it shows how powerful it was that he died
2: yeah and like. we had a powerful funeral scene the next episode and man you know karen crying at his wife's side and her basically saying what you would expect of ben Urick's wife to say is like he died doing what he did and so that's cool <clears throat> uh,
0: i uh, i have a i have an issue with that if she is having lucidity problems Yeah. (laughs) And can't fucking remember who Ben is and has an entire conversation with Ben and then a second later doesn't remember it. How the fuck is she going to remember who Karen Page is and be able to give the nicey nice speech that she does to Karen? Now, it's a nice touch. It's exactly what she should say. Yeah. If she. Didn't have the severe mental problems that the character is supposed to have.
2: Yeah, valid nitpick because they did sell that pretty hard early on, mm-hmm. to, you know, for dramatic effect for what Ben was going through. So yeah, definitely a valid point. Um, I didn't but mind. you know, yeah, because funeral, because whatever. So. Someone handed her a cue card before Karen came up or something. I'd, I
3: don't know. Well, I mean, we're probably not going to see her again, so you might as well give her a decent. Yeah, scene. yeah.
2: <laughs> Why not?
3: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just the fact that he's gone, just it's kind of crazy. Because it is I mean, crazy. You know, I I was I was like, oh, you know, they probably he probably won't find out that Matt's dead, Evelyn, until you know a couple seasons in, and now it's like, oh, he's never going to find out. <laughs>
2: Well, and I expected him to be a force in the rest of the shows, too. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of like you figured the New York Bulletin and Ben Yorick would be around, because it's all going to take place, basically, in New York City. So, well, except maybe Iron Fist. Um, well, I'm going to jump right ahead to see, uh, episode seven, because we get to see Mr. Scott Glenn just chew up scenery as Steve. Time to stop taking a beating and start giving one. As well he should. And, uh... Uh, I fucking loved it. I mean, <laughs> and uh, we learn that Stick is, is not bound by the, uh, the you know, laws of honor that his student was and that he kills someone, chops their head off and their hand uh, within five minutes of meeting him. That was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. We find out, I mean, this is, there's definitely some seeding for other stuff going on in this episode, but we uh, get an older Stick come to New York and look up Matt, and uh, to help continue his war, whichever, whatever that is, um, apparently some mystical hand-type stuff, and this kid called the Black Sky. Do you guys, I, I don't know any I don't know what he comic either. analogy to that at all. I mean, is there one that we know of, or...? I mean, I know the hand. We got to meet one of the chased at the end of the episode, um, which was hands. sorry, yeah, Stick's little order of mystical ninja guys. Um, I think you said that was Stone, Chris. Stone. Yeah. yeah, it was Stone. So it's like, man, that's just yeah, nerdgasm for Frank Miller stuff there. Um, I think they're more setting up Madame Gao. There was had some stuff near the end of the season. Yeah, um, she she ain't was going definitely to China. no. She's going yeah, to Kunlun basically. She's uh, they're setting up some Iron Fist stuff there. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, but. Um, Yeah, the stuff was stick. I mean, we got the training of the young, young Matt and whoever they picked, whoever that actor was for the the kid really nailed it, too.
1: Get up!
0: Get up!
2: Um, And whoever they had for the stunt double for the kid really nailed it. That was some pretty awesome training montage stuff. Yeah it was. And yeah. then we get just a knockdown drag out fight between Stick and Matt in his um in his apartment. It's just brutal as all the rest of them. What do you guys think? Did uh Glenn nail stick for you? Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, it was it was so good that you know I could see why young Matty would want him to be his dad. I want him to be my dad. Yeah.
2: (laughs) He would have no time, you know, without (laughs) the beatings. Maybe that's (laughs) all right.
0: My dad doesn't have any time for me.
2: But at least you'd learn to be a ninja from him. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's right. That's ninja. but a ninja!
0: It'd be like Beverly Hills
1: Ninja.
2: (laughs) True uh, Panda, maybe.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'd be more like Chris Farley. In fact, I'm, I'm a little late to OD. I mean, that was too far. I just went too far.
2: Uh, uh, no such thing on a Daredevil podcast. <laughs> as long as you don't kill anybody, we're good, you know. Nice catching up. Hey. You can keep the sticks. You're going to need them. But stick, after promising does kill somebody, he kills a small child which is apparently also this be? mystical weapon, which I somebody better fucking explain that one to me.
0: Yeah, I, I tried looking that up, it was one of the references I didn't get, and yeah, I, I can't I, find anything on I it. think
2: they, they're totally throwing us for a loop on
3: that one, I think they're trolling us and like, yeah, try to find this one, fuckers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the text that I got from my girlfriend after she watched the, the this episode was I have a penis? No. Uh, <laughs> dick. <laughs> uh, I was uh, holy shit, Sticks the fucking man. I was like, yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> yeah. He's Jack Crawford. He's that, you know, the, the
2: skipper of the, the Dallas. And, you uh, know, yeah, never mind. On Fred October.
1: Snap out of it.
2: Uh, stick, we got shadows in the glass. While Murdoch, Foggy, and Karen's mission becomes clearer, Fisk's world spins further out of control in his battle for Hell's Kitchen. I respect
3: your conviction. The lone man thinks he can make a difference. Uh, so That's pretty not, vague. That is pretty vague. These are all very vague. Was that but, the one with the ninja? Was that the next episode? Um... That might have been,
2: or maybe Speak of the Devil, but yeah, we, we eventually got to see Super Ninja versus Matt, which was very cool. It um, was so awesome. Yeah, yeah, Nobu, and he ends up going up in flames, ultimately. Uh, but suspect that well, there's something going on with Nobu, too, because there's a piece of dialogue where someone, uh, I think it's Stick actually, refers to him as, you know, this time around, his name is Nobu, or he's Japanese. So this is obviously some kind of immortal-type mystical warrior, I'm betting. Mmm. So, you know, I not didn't necess- catch that, so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah. That um, makes sense. There is mystical hijinks. Well, uh, so, I mean, Stick didn't even tell Matt what war he was supposedly going to be, you know, a soldier in. But, uh, yeah. I mean, we can glean some of that. You know, the Miller stuff, it's... It's mostly the hand, but maybe they've got something else in store for us, which would be very cool, too. Maybe there's hope for you yet. Now, eventually, Wilson Fist does, well, he gets in front of, he realizes that things are kind of going to shit. And he kind of jumps out in front of things and foils Matt and Foggy and Karen by basically going public and, and kind of doing some PR work on himself before they can, you know, drag him through the mud. And that was kind of that that felt more like that was the kingpin to me. He's like just kind of getting out in front of the problem and, and being like, I'm just a you know, businessman. That was kind of where he was taking up the mantle of you can't touch me, you know, and, and gaining some confidence. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but
1: We don't say his name.
2: Yeah. that well, was very well played. And we, we lost Wesley somewhere along the lines there too.
3: Uh not until later, I don't think.
0: Yeah, but I'm really surprised that that happened. Just like uh, with Ben Yurick dying or being killed, i it's not something I expected to happen. Yeah, yeah. that was a
2: great character, man. I loved the guy they picked to play him. I was, yeah, he was, I was awesome. Just spot yeah, on. Was. And uh, funny. And again, with Marvel, man, they, they just seem to be all balanced, the dark and the light, so well, because there's so much funny stuff in this show, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's all. It's all basically what you would expect from good friends talking to each other. You know, it's Foggy, uh, Matt and Karen, you know, busting each other's balls and stuff like real people do. And that's that's all you need sometimes to just inject enough levity into it. And it's, you know, it seems like some other companies either don't try or just don't know how to do it. And all you really have to do is write real people. It's not hard.
0: <laughs> you know, and a lot of the uh, comics these days, uh, dialogue is trending towards that. I know a lot of the new Avengers stuff was like that. Uh, a lot of the X-Men dialogue was like that, and it makes it more believable. and It makes you feel like, you know, makes you feel like you're, they're your friends. You yeah. know, they're not characters that they're, you know, your buddies. Who the hell are you guys? I'm Matt. He's Foggy.
2: Well, like uh, the old X-Men comic uh, animated series, um, you know. Storm would be making a sandwich and be like, I will now assemble the ham with the cheese and pour my <laughs> elemental down. might into the mustard. And, you know, it's like people don't fucking talk like that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe when you're in superhero mode and fighting Magneto, you're on and you want to, you know, shoot out a couple blustery phrases, but, you know. Yeah, it can't be all all uh kirby dialogue all the time no no (laughs) and that was always marvel's thing that was always the beauty of like spider-man and you know the down to earth stuff and uh the interaction between real people who are also superheroes (laughs) so i think they nailed it in the series the writing was was spot on for
3: that yeah there was definitely enough levity in it even though the story was very dark yeah
2: but even like, oh man, like the last shot of a Turk running away from the cops or from the FBI—that <laughs> was one of the fucking funniest things in the whole show. It was just the slow mo on him running away, just like Turk would do. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I was so
3: glad to see Turk.
2: So yeah. glad. Uh, and he was—he was properly scummy and, and has his hands and everything and and if there's a season 2 I'm sure Matt Murdock will be beating the shit
3: out of him for information oh, on a regular through the basis window. he's going. he's got to go through Joseph's window <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. My, my girlfriend asked me she's like oh the black guy isn't going to get taken out I go, Daredevil hasn't thrown him through the window yet <laughs> she's yeah. just like what? I was like just wait yeah so they threw Turk in they threw the owl in they threw in stilt man's legs
0: mm-hmm. what?
3: You didn't I'd catch it? that, no. <laughs> <clears throat> when they when you rewatch, anytime they're in uh, Melvin Potter's workshop, still man's legs are in there. I missed that completely. Oh yeah. Oh no shit.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, one of the, and it, going back to they're having the character evolve, like he doesn't start off with his batons. You know, he gets right. them from Stick. You know, he's not doing a lot of rooftop jumping. I mean, one of my favorite things when I was a kid, you know, from you know, reading 80s comics is to watch a Daredevil or a Spider-Man or even a Captain America uh, jump from rooftop, rooftop to rooftop. I mean, it's the whole reason why the Tick, you know, goes on patrol yeah. and jumps from <laughs> rooftop to rooftop because it's such a stereotypical comic thing to do. They veer away from it now, but, you know, those last couple of episodes, Matt is going from rooftop to rooftop yeah, and it yeah. was just it made me giddy because yeah, oh, yeah. of what I'm used to. I half expected him to jump down and flip off of a fly pole. Yep.
3: Yeah, I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure he's going to get the baton with the with the, the grappling hook on it. Speaking mm-hmm. of
2: giddy, I've just got to say, uh, go back to uh, the, the fight at the end of episode two. I, I was literally laughing out loud in my living room just at that scene just as how amazing it was I don't there haven't been many shows or movies that make me do that it was just like it's because it just kept getting better and they threw a microwave
3: at a guy and it was just fucking
2: crazy <laughs> yeah I'm sitting
3: there watching it and I'm going after I watched it after they set up the establishing shots before the fight the whole focus is on the door with the kid in it and yeah. as soon as Matt gets there that's the whole focus and they never break that shot I'm like no nah. I get that, man. I'm like, that's some smart storytelling right there. The yeah. whole focus is to get that kid in that door out of there. And, I'm and like, they
2: even sucked you in. They even had me believing for a split second that, holy shit, they're going to have all the action take place, you know, behind this closed door, and then Matt's going to stagger out or something. And then all of a sudden, the guy comes flying through the door, and
0: <laughs>
2: all my fears have been washed away. <laughs> yeah. Right,
0: yeah. and this is going to be an obscure per, uh, piece of nerd uh nerdvana if you will is in that man without fear miniseries that establishes the first time matt murdoch puts on the black outfit and goes out to fight crime it is because of a child slavery that's
3: right mm-hmm.
0: chi- a child pornography ring and so of course What what does he say? It's like the first time he ever went out was because of the father who was doing unpleasant things to his daughter. And then, of course, in episode two of this, like you said, the focus is to get that kid that has been, you know, is going to be sold into slavery. So it's a throwback to what actually happened in those comics.
2: Well, I guess we're pretty much at the end. I mean, we can talk about, uh, obviously, Fisk eventually gets taken down through the law, thanks to Matt and Foggy and Karen. Um, and the late Ben Urich, and uh, but of course, being the kingpin, he has arranged himself a little escape route, and gets busted out of his armored transport. And we finally see Matt go back to Melvin and get the suit. And uh, I like the suit; I really I like the suit too, <laughs> it Makes perfect yeah.
3: sense with what they're doing.
2: I mean, yeah. uh, it's just just the first time seeing it, it was. Uh, standing on the roof there and it was yeah chills it was pretty cool i like the design it's it's a lot more you know it's not all leather it's but it's practical and they sold it and they set it up with melvin and the kingpin suit and it makes sense and it's realistic enough without being
3: you know bat armor and it's uh (laughs) yeah right well i just i love the fact through the whole thing he's like yeah you know it's a work in progress it's like after he gets his ass handed to him enough times he knows he's like i can't i need something i'm gonna die you believe in the devil father I believe he walks among us. Getting a hook through your ribs and then drag will probably do that to you.
2: <laughs> Oh, oh God, let's man. talk about ribs for a second and the Russians, uh, the little yeah, flashback guys. scene we had with the Russians. And that
3: was amazing.
2: <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I thought I was watching a Saw movie for a second. <laughs> but uh, just to those of you who haven't seen, um, yeah, Russian literally rips the ribs out of uh, a dead comrade and uses it as a weapon and other things.
0: Did you use the word comrade on purpose? Was that a pun? Yes, of
2: course. Yes, good.
0: Points for you. You just won podcast. (laughs) There are no winners.
2: (laughs) Ten points to Slytherin.
0: Uh, and to, to go back to those uh, those fight scenes, I mean, they were so visceral and well choreographed that I found myself actually flinching while watching it. And
2: yeah, and it was like that. My face
0: hurts from being punched by the kingpin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was really, it was it was real, man. And
2: Winter was Soldier was like that. And I likened the fights to Winter Soldier, but almost better. I mean, because they were just even more brutal. And the thing I've seen written about in reviews and that I agree with is that the thug it's not one punch and the thugs down man they kept getting up coming at him, and you know yeah, yeah, they, yeah, it, until they was daredevil super- has to work for it <laughs> yeah it's
0: true that's very true yeah this was a great series it was really well done a few minor nitpicks but i think that's all going to be resolved in future series or excuse me future seasons and episodes and all in all really well done um with a few extremely minor nitpicky exceptions
3: yeah I, same with me i i can't really find too much to complain about it's just i'm bummed that ben yurik is gone because that takes away some story potential yeah but, <clears throat> other than that i really have no complaints other than i really want to see uh, gladiator and and leapfrog and Stiltman fucking, yeah, Typhoid I Mary or whatever. Want to see, yeah, I want to see all the goofy bad guys. It's like, you don't need to rush into into Bullseye and into Electra.
2: you know?
0: <laughs> <Right>. The Animan.
2: <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. I mean, as grounded and gritty as this is, unfortunately, I don't know if we're gonna get, you know full retard, as it were, as far as Marvel silliness. (laughs)
1: You
0: never um, go full-blown
2: retard. You you never go full retard. You can make the Guardians of the Galaxy went full retard, but I don't know if we're going to see that. (laughs) Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy
0: was so good. It was. But I'm I'm
2: okay with that, man, because, I mean, you know, we've got... You've got to have... I mean, he's got a superhero costume now, so why not, and... If history has taught us anything in the comics, that you know, crazily dressed hero is going to breed some crazily dressed villains. So, yeah, we'll this was a great thing.
0: It's the best Batman that I've ever seen. <laughs> but thank God it's Daredevil, which is cool. Uh, and just it's great. So if you guys listening haven't seen it, go subscribe to Netflix and I resubscribed
2: to Netflix just for this show yeah, I mean, my I buddy texted
3: even... me the morning it yeah. came out and he goes did you start watching Dead Elliot and I said yeah and he goes is it worth getting Netflix again and I said fucking spend your 7 get it right
2: yeah 13 episodes of this for 8 bucks fucking any day of the week yep <laughs> as I said I from, saw- now, from now on just put all of my superheroes in this format right um, I wanted to chat a little bit about like superhero TV in general and um I think, man, I'm, I'm just really enjoying where it's a great time to be a nerd, man, with stuff like Arrow and this and Flash and whatever weirdo spin-offs that DC TV is going to keep doing. Yeah. I, I am really psyched because despite people thinking I'm doom and gloom about it, I am really excited to see Batman and Superman in a movie together and Aquaman and everyone else and the whole fucking kitchen sink thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not gonna do it for me like these long-form storytelling things man these these are my comic comics in visual form these are you know these are a year worth of comics for me 12 episodes 13 episodes that's 12 13 issues for me that's man. that's that's how I want to learn about my heroes because that's how you could do it in the books is you, you had time to tell the story and uh, geez, I hate to say, it, I'm just even like the Avengers coming up. I just two and a half hours is going to be too little for me.
1: <laughs> Daredevil always leave wanting more, more, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, t- uh, totally. I um,
2: even Agents <clears> of throat> Shield throat> is,
0: is, you know, in high school, painfully uncool in the fucking band you know (laughs) and this was the shit that i was into but you know what it's guys like me that now rule the goddamn world and so everything that we like the other creative people that uh, i don't want to say creative people get some badge of honor but the people that are now working on these projects that grew up loving it like we did that maybe weren't very cool in high school are now in charge and so that's what we get to see and so now yeah high school might have been 20-25 years ago but guess what finally the cool kid because the things that I was into now everyone's into I tell you when the Avengers came out and I saw the um, uh, oh my god I just lost it what is the name of the, uh, the the battleship the um the helicarrier thank you Mm -hmm. thank you oh my god so embarrassed not remembering it when i saw the helicarrier first come out of the water and take flight i was almost in tears because i had been imagining that uh, for 35 years
2: Oh, I'm taking nothing away from the movies except just the length of time I can... I want to spend every waking fucking hour in these worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed.
0: Agreed. And now we can... Now the, the, the technology is there, the special effects are there, the writing is there, and it's in vogue. The shit that I was into, 20, 25, 30, 35... Forty years, I would have. Forty years ago, I would have been one. But the thing <laughs> I was into, no one else was into, and now everybody's into it. And I'm finally cool. Yeah, <laughs> I am finally not cool. Free at last, Lord <laughs> Almighty, free at last.
3: <laughs> I'm just happy to watch <sighs>
0: all of it. And and speaking, you know, just to go back to that Netflix point, um, I read this on Facebook earlier today. So you know, it has to be true since Ooh, it was yeah. on Facebook. Uh, but apparently, Daredevil this daredevil piece is the now the second most pirated piece of uh video on the internet like the it, next,
2: behind game of thrones that's, yeah. that's that's pretty high praise i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure i actually had the option to do it through the pirate avenue avenue and i'm like no you know screw it let's let's support marvel studios this time around and give me my eight bucks
3: you know
0: yeah give me
2: more
3: (laughs) I want more
0: absolutely so I really appreciate you guys inviting me to do this tonight this was fun I I had to binge watch all 13 episodes this weekend in between doing yard work but uh, you know (laughs) Uh, it was well worth it (laughs) yeah I know. Listen, listen, if if I could make money reading comic books, eating ice cream in my underwear, I would do it. Absolutely, but we all. <laughs> but I can't. I got, I, I got real work to do. But it's nice to give me the outlet to talk about the things I love with the people I like.
2: Yes, indeed. Word. Uh, I've got high hopes for the next three, next four shows. I mean, uh, they've set the bar pretty freaking high, so... Yeah. I, I got to think they've got equal amounts of talent on... Uh, on these upcoming shows, and we don't know all of them yet. We've got Luke Cage and Jessica Jones cast, but that's pretty much in purple, man. We got David Tennant as the fucking Purple Man. I mean, so awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe. From what that. I've oh, seen man, so awesome. far, maybe
2: he just wears a purple suit, which you know. I'm cool with it. As long as yeah, if we if don't the, have a purple-faced guy. Yeah, and that that, given what they're getting away with in daredevil man that could go some dark places <laughs> yeah, <laughs> With the purple man.
0: oh my god if you've ever um, read the thunderbolts comic you know they had a whole purple man storyline and they were talking about the things that the purple man was convincing uh some of the female superheroes to do oh, I'm sure, off, yeah. off panel and it's like wow this is you know this was before comics really got dark i mean this was in the uh, mid 90s this series yeah. went down and um It's like wow, you know, it would have went over, you know, a younger person's head, but I knew exactly what they were talking about.
3: Sex. (laughs) Final thoughts, hero? Final uh, about sex or about dead apple? it might be better than sex. (laughs) There we go.
2: See I don't have anybody pissed off by saying something like that, but
3: (laughs) (laughs) I do, but (laughs) she would appreciate the joke. You braver man than I No, it's, it's, it's great TV. Go get Netflix if you don't have it. Watch it.
2: Yeah, even with the spoilers, it's it's worth seeing just for the fights. I mean, it's just... Yeah, I, yeah. if you're a Daredevil fan, Marvel fan, it's it's all connected. and uh, Yeah, it's a good little slice of the universe, definitely.
1: I'm just trying to make my city a better place.
2: All right, Freakland. We'll see you when we see you. I know. Bye. Bye.
1: I have called you all here today at the behest of Don Dimonzo to discuss the expansion of our Jersey Territory. Our Don has seen an opportunity to move into Atlantic City at an event called AC Boardwalk Con, which will be happening May 14th through the 17th, 2015. Don Dimonzo has asked that some of our made men attend this convention and... Convince the locals to try two true freaks. Joining me, Gene Hendricks, on this trip will be my Quantum Cast cohort, Jeff Fishman. Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, will be representing the Boston arm of the family, while Scott McGregor will be representing the New York branch. Our capo, Chris Honeywell, will also be there to provide some added persuasion. Your Don has asked that any of his loyal friends in the area come and pay their respects to this new endeavor. He reminds you that all the information on the event can be found at doacbc.com. That's doacbc.com. Come help us make Atlantic City an offer they can't refuse. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2 True freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2 True freaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2 True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O.